You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins, I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you here for NFL Combine Week. The league has descended upon us here in the Circle City. It is Mike Chappell's favorite week of the year. No, it's actually Joe Hopkins' favorite week of the year. But uh, I've, I've gotten past that. <laughs> well, well, you've seen the the good and the bad of the combine from the beginning to the to its uh, to its conclusion here. Well, not conclusion, but its present. But um, it, it is it is blown up. It has grown. It is a true monster in and of itself. Uh, not quite on the level of the draft, but going that way and it lasts longer. There's all these prospects here. Uh, there's all these coaches and uh, front office personnel. It's just, it's just madness downtown around the convention center, but, uh, but it's, it's madness that uh, the NFL has a specific um, organized, it's specific organized madness is a great way to, for, for, to describe it. And, and what they've done, uh, it, it, the combine, again, it's players. Keep in mind, this is about evaluating players, but what the league has done through the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years, it's turned into such a media event. Uh, coaches, GMs, for the most part, there's probably 26 teams represented. There's still a handful of teams that don't show up. We got Bill Belichick one year, and that's been a long time ago. But th- this is a lot of times when you when a, when a beat writer and when that group gets the, the the first chance to talk to their coach or GM since the end of the season. So you get everybody here, and you know, there's Radio Row, and what's really different. This is the last four or five years is so many teams have their online digital people here, and they've got their own table set up with their own backdrop with the team logos. It's really – and the culture, one of them. You take advantage of it. So it's really, really cool. It's here – as it's, like we mentioned last week or I posted, is it's here next year, 2024, and then we'll see. The league wants this thing to move. It just does. Because they think they can move it like they move move the draft, and it's just it's apples and aardvark. It's, it's not the same <laughs> thing. It just isn't. Uh, and I think this would have moved last year or or the year before, if until. But the league found out that no other place was ready for it. Right. <laughs> well, we thought we were, but no. So so we'll see. And Indy gets very. You know, Jim Irsay gets very protective. He says, "Well, what about?" He tells with the league, well, "What about?" You know, you've allowed Detroit to have and and Dallas to have the Thanksgiving Day game all the time. Well, that's tradition. Well, so is this. But the the league will do what the league wants to do, and generally the league gets its way. And at some point, this thing will start rotating. You mentioned coaches and GMs here. Colts head coach Shane Steichen and GM Chris Ballard among those. Uh, we'll dive deep into what they had to say shortly. Of course, bringing, every, bringing a grain of salt with everything at this time of year because you never know what's a smokescreen and what's reality when coaches and GMs especially are trying to maneuver for, uh, for any type of leverage in a contract or draft negotiation picks. A, a coach or GM could come here and speak the truth and no one would believe exactly. it. Exactly. Which that, that tells you where we are in the in the calendar. It's the way it should be. I, I mentioned last week and I've mentioned on the radio is is anyone who says that f- for my sources from the Colts they're going to do this. It's BS. Because Ballard and his guys are not going to spend all their time and energy and knowledge with what they're doing and then share it with anybody. Which is why would you? So Whenever you hear people say that the Colts are going to do this because you know it, it's a lie. So Joe's put all his time and energy into making this rundown of a bunch of things that GM uh, Chris Bauer had to say, but it might be worthless at the end of the day, Joe. That's right, but it gives us something to talk about, and in February, you know, that's what we need. That's right, no doubt about it. Uh, let's begin with the news this week. The Colts coaching staff changes will begin with Bubba Ventrone, who we mentioned last week was on the brink of joining the Cleveland Browns staff. Now he has officially joined the Cleveland Browns staff, uh, accepted the position as special teams coordinator and, as I surmised, assistant head coach as well. You throw that little extra in there, chap, and that makes it a little bit uh, harder for the Colts to keep him here. When you get that little tag, it just gives you more of a stepping stone to what we know Bubba wants to be in the future, and a lot of people think he's going to be a real head coach in the NFL. But the Colts could have done that. See, I, 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 and one thing that I, when it's all over yesterday, 
you wish you'd have, I wish I'd have asked Chris Ballard what went down with Bubba because initially he was going to be here, I think. And then all of a sudden, Green Bay had a position that they created by firing their guy, and then they went to Bubba. I'm, I'm guessing they went to Bubba somewhere out beforehand. Say, you mean Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, Cleveland. You said Green Bay, yeah. I'm sorry, Cleveland. Wait, 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 wait a second, yeah. Okay. So, so I, I just think they – you know, I, I think Bubba would have been here had that not opened. But how much was he irritated? He didn't get the, you know, the interim job and all that. And and I do know the Colts tried to talk him into staying. And maybe he just wanted, I, I guess, a new start, although he had such good success here. But good, good for Bubba. Now we'll see who they bring in here because th- this has been one of the top special teams groups over the last – over Bubba's five years here. Mm-hmm. So th- this is not an insignificant development that all of a sudden they've got to change and, and find a special teams guy. Yeah, no announcement yet as to who's going to replace Bubba Ventron, but they will stick with defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. Uh, Joe, we were uh, kind of hemming and hawing or going back and forth on whether you want Bradley, whether you don't want Bradley. W- when it got really late in the process, I, I was just thinking, well, who else are they going to get besides Gus Bradley? And you look at what Shane Steichen uh, has done in the past. Uh, he's focused on offense. Bradley can focus on the defense, keep focusing on the defense. That really, for the most part of last season, was not the Colts' problem. Yeah, exactly. And I think most Colts fans felt that way, that the defense for the majority of the year was pretty darn good under Gus Bradley. So glad to see him back. I think uh, the defense, uh, we'll see how many of these key parts are going to be back next season. But if they keep it intact, I think it should be pretty good again. And if Gus Bradley's back, I think that means Unique Ngakwe has a really good chance of being back as well because he's had his best success in his career under a Gus Bradley system. He He's a guy that that sticks with Gus, you know, and, and, and he, he does great things because there's only, what, like six six players total who maybe more sacks than him since he entered the league seven or eight years ago. So uh, I, I would almost for sure count uh, count Yannick Ngakwe to be coming back to Indianapolis as well, as will wide receivers coach Reggie Wayne. Back yet again, Mike Chappell, going to do his second year here at Indy. It was very much up in the air, I would think, but Reggie, Reggie got home, or Reggie got to a beach, I should say, had uh, one or two adult beverages, and decided, you know what? I think I could do this again. This speech will be here like next year or five years. Exactly. So, and, and again, I think that's. I think this was one that that this was Reggie's call. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think the door was open, and I don't think there's any chance Tyken would have said no. I want to bring in my own guy. Against it, there, there is a need for continuity, but only if that continuity is with the right guy. And, and Reggie is a, the, the. We've talked to receivers, and, and they really warmed to how he did things. And it was really probably important to bring Reggie because there's so many changes everywhere else, offensive line, running back, tight ends, all that, to have this be one area that the coach doesn't have to worry about. Okay, Reggie, they're your guys. So good for Reggie. And as from a media standpoint, I love it because every other week once the season starts, we get these coordinators or assistant coaches uh, to talk to on Thursday. So that should be a good time again. A few more important positions uh, for Coach Shane Steichen's staff. Quarterback coach, the Colts have hired Cam Turner to fill that role. The 35-year-old spent the past five seasons with the Arizona Cardinals, and that included roles as passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Throughout his career, he's worked with, obviously, Kyler Murray there in Arizona. Before that, with Cam Newton in, uh, in Carolina. So he's worked with a couple of very different quarterbacks, one huge, one very small, but, but there it is, Joe. Kyler Murray, a 5'10 quarterback. The Colts are drafting Bryce Young. You can book it now because Cam Turner is going to be the, uh, the uh, quarterback's coach, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Sign what else up. do we news? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, with Cam Newton, that's in, uh, uh, Richardson from Florida. A lot of people have compared him to Cam Newton, yes. Um, so, uh, but the, the thing they have in common is they're both very mobile. They can use their legs and beat you that way. Um, and most of the quarterbacks in this draft are like that. So it's Chris Ballard will get to it spoke about having a mobile quarterback. All these he said that's getting to be the norm, and the pocket guy is the, is the aberration. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's good to get a quarterbacks coach that's seen success with uh, mobile quarterbacks like that. And that there there is no more important position on the staff than offensive line coach, as we really detailed last week here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. If you have not listened, certainly encourage you to go back and check out that show That show where we broke down the Colts offensive line as it stands here this offseason. Its successes and its failures, more so its failures over the last year and the last couple years in general. 
But who is going to be the new Colts offensive line coach? They gave that job to Tony Sperano Jr., 36-year-old former offensive line assistant uh, for the Giants, for the Carolina Panthers, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's coached in the NFL since 2011. But but Mike Chappell, uh, Tony Sperano Jr. has undeniable talent on that offensive line, but also has to overcome undeniable failures that we have seen, particularly last year in protecting the quarterback. And lack of depth. Yes, and, Chris, and Chris Ballard mentioned that yesterday about how they've got to do a better job of getting depth. You know, again, they had – again, we've mentioned this. They had seven different starting units last last year, and it was because of performance. Performance, and you had Matt Pryor was benched at three spots. So you've got to have – first, you've got to – you've got to – not hope, but you, you've got to expect your three cornerstones to come back and play well. They have to, and then and then Bernhard Reimann's really has to be your left tackle, and then things can work. You can find the, the 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 movable parts, and you can you can find a right guard. You just can. So, uh, but they, they, no, they've got work to do, and if this offensive line doesn't come back with a chip on its shoulder, what have they been doing? Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. So, so we'll see if Sperano Jr. can inject some life into that offensive line. Some news around the league. The Washington Commanders have released quarterback Carson Wentz after one year, after they traded two third-round picks to the Colts, took on his full contract. Everything that needs to be said or can be said about Carson Wentz has been said on this podcast, mostly by me, so I don't think we need to get too into it. I will say that when the Colts first acquired Carson Wentz, and we talked about it on this podcast, we said that it was really somewhat of a two-year commitment because after the two years, he could be released according to his contract and have very little uh, impact on the team. And a year ago, the Colts would have cut him and had some kind of salary cap issues if they hadn't found a trade partner in Washington. Because that's just a fact that he was not playing in Indianapolis last year. Thank you, Washington. Exactly. And Washington t- took on his full a, contract. It was a market of one. It was, very much so. And Chris Ballard got two third-round picks out of it. So you commend him for that. Being and he a, took the rest of the cap. Money, I can't remember what it was. Was it eighteen million? Yeah, something like that. I think it was. Yeah, it, it was, was right huge. around. It there. was huge. Mm-hmm. But we, we were talking before we went on the air. It this remains one of the strangest situations, quarterback wise, that I can think of. You know, and I, I saw someone posted on on social media that sort of close to Wentz. I thought that maybe he needs to step away from football for a year just to sort of let things settle and, and get himself back together, but. If not, what, it'll be his fourth team in four years? Yep. So it's really strange. We're never going to know exactly what went on. But but this, this is the perfect example of one of the things that we talked about yesterday. And I, I'm sorry, Joe, I haven't gone through your list here, so you probably got it on here. I don't expect you to. It's <laughs> but but, but it, it, it's about – I asked Ballard and, and, and Steichen and even Frank Reich is – with all the work you do, I mean, and these guys work their butts off to make sure whether it's the right quarterback, tackle, whatever position, yet it's about 50-50 on quarterbacks taking top 10 that make it. Why do you miss? How do you miss so much on such a key position? And they sort of, it sort of comes down to do you have the it factor? And with with Steichen, he said his thing is basically, are you obsessed with the position? Remember, he point, pointed out that uh, Jalen Hurts, he was the first one in, last one out, mm-hmm. and, and it's how it was with Peyton Manning here. Mm-hmm. And you just can't like the position. You can't hit the what was the thing with Kyler Murray? They were going to put steady hours in, right, the, into his contract. That's if that's not a red flag. <laughs> so the whole thing is, most of these guys have got the ability to throw the ball through through a wall. And to move and all this stuff, decision making is something else. But do, are you are you totally invested in being the guy? I'm not saying that's what's wrong with Carson Wentz, but go back to, to years of Colts have had quarterbacks that, that did, didn't quite make it, and they lack that it factor. And mm-hmm. how you how you determine that a guy has that is really difficult. I mean, you remember what, what Chris Ballard told us last year in the early offseason about Carson Wentz is he made some throws that 
only a handful of guys in the NFL can make. He has the physical tools. It's true. It wasn't just hyperbole. No, it was that was true. not. That was not just a smokescreen to to kind of to make a trade with him somewhere. That, that that's obvious if you watched him throw. Last year, the deep ball to Ashton Doolin against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think it was, right. where you could not have walked down the field and put it in a better place, and Carson threw it 50 yards in the air. The ball at the end of the, the Arizona Cardinals game on Christmas Day in the back of the end zone to Des Patman, roll, throwing across his body, roll, running, rolling to his left, a dime right in the back of the end zone to right. make the game-winning play. There are throws that he makes that four other guys in the league can make. So he has the physical tools to do so. So something is missing right something, now. Something is missing. And like, like you said, maybe some time away from the game could help him. And then you could really evaluate. He could really evaluate like how much he loves this game, how much he wants to stay in this game, if he does at all. and Or maybe he hops on again with Frank Reich, if the Frank Reich wants to have him for another year in Carolina. So that that's a whole other ball of wax that uh, that I'm glad that we're not we don't have to get into. Boy, Frank right wouldn't do that, would he? Uh, yeah, t- he, he got fired once for Carson Wentz. Does he gonna do it again? Well, but that, that was on Frank. So yeah. with Frank, that's one of those you know burn me once and all that sort of thing. So I don't. It would be interesting, but I, I just see, can't see Frank doing that. Yeah. The uh, here's something really interesting. The NFLPA has released its first ever team report cards based on surveying 1,300 players in the league. Uh, they they quizzed players or asked them to rank really a bunch of different aspects of all these teams around the league from from treatment of families to food service to travel and, uh, and here's how the Colts uh, stack up here. If you look across the league, the Colts are ranked first among player vote in training staff. Training staff got an A plus, so the Colts players love the staff, the training staff inside the facility. Fantastic, good job, guys. Walk into your boss's office right now and demand a raise because the Colts players love you. Uh, treatment of families is a B plus, which is fifth in the NFL. Which so, is not a surprise. No. Jim Mercy is a family guy. Yep, 100%. So that is, like Chap said, not a surprise. Training room, uh, his Colts are given a B, which was ranked eighth in the league. So that's top 10. There's a nice locker room, a B plus, ranked 10th in the league. Strength coaches are an A minus, but that was ranked 17th. So apparently, a lot of guys around the league, Joe, love their strength coaches. If an A minus is all the way down to 17th, yeah, and you know, they, which A minus is fine. They teach you how to lift weights, good. Yeah. So what, what some team again, if if people want to take time and get on the NFLPA website, the one team I think was Washington, who's 32nd in the league and and all the and they're, everything. They're <laughs> they the players call their weight room. A, health, uh, a safety hazard. So, you know, but but it, it, this is very interesting. And by and large, the Colts rank pretty well. Well, it's no surprise Carson Wentz couldn't succeed in Washington. There you go. Yeah, yeah. you know, you know, I was going to bring that up. Uh, weight room, the Colts have a B grade, which is 18th in the league. And now we're getting to some things that are a little less than uh, ideal in Indianapolis. The players ranked the food service and nutrition department tw- a, a, a D. They graded them with a D, which was 22nd in the NFL. Some quotes, the players prefer to pack their own lunch rather than eat at the facility. Um, so the food could be a little bit better there. Well, I think they're, the, the Colts, like a lot of them, they're, they're on the health kick, and they try to yep. give players what they Super healthy stuff. need instead of what they want. Exactly. But it's better than some other places like Arizona, Joe, where uh, apparently the Cardinals charge their players for the meals at the facility. That's what I was talking to um, my colleague, Matt, about that earlier. And it's both at the same time he called it uh, whiny millionaires that they have that they're being charged for the uh, food, but also a cheap billionaire in the yeah. owner. Which one's charging. worse? Yeah, exactly. The cheap billionaire's worse. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, th- there's a reason that you're a billionaire, and that's because you find ways to save, right? And you you charge Nick- nickels add up, right? Exactly. They certainly do. Like there, there's no billionaire that doesn't care about the nickels in, I know. in his well, business. I've, I've been saving my nickels for a while. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> pretty close like, to being a billionaire. I'm not, yeah. Well, you haven't done it enough yet. Apparently. <laughs> apparently, you're you're not you're not that dedicated. You're not charging players for a five dollar lunch at team facility. And team travel for the Colts was ranked graded an F. 28th in the NFL. Uh, the Colts are apparently one of just seven teams in the league that do not offer first-class seats to their players. Those are reserved for coaches and staff instead, and they're reportedly one of just six teams that force many players to have roommates on the road. So that is a less-than-ideal scenario as Chap went stacked up to the rest of the NFL. This is where you'd like to kind of be able to dive a little deeper into it on some of these questions. You know, as far as first-class seating, how many first-class seats are there on a charter plane? I don't know. 
12. I, I don't know because I, you know, I, I don't go charter and I certainly don't fly first class. But then if you do give players the option or if you make first class available to players, then is it your starting offensive line? Is it your quarterback and running back? Is it 10-year veterans? Right. So there, you'd have to do that because then you're going to have a bunch of players back in coach. That's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. But it, it – it, these are this thing was all done to how players think that the various teams can improve or whatever, and, and maybe this is one area the Colts can look at and say, well, we can do better. You know, maybe we'll quit giving players healthy food. We'll give them go back, give them beef and all this stuff. There you go. But it, it's got to be it's got to be a tool that teams can use to how can we get better because you know money talks, free agents move for money. They yeah. do, they just do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you like to know where you're moving into. Right. And if you've got the great locker room, if you've got the great training room and all this and, and travel, it, it at some level it impacts you, but players are going to go where the money is. I can see the plane, but I think it's an easy fix just to get everyone their own hotel room. I mean, buy one less guitar and just get everyone <laughs> their own room, right? <laughs> You'd have a hard time talking here. Well, but, but it's Jimmy. like the billionaires end up being chintzy. Maybe if you make players share rooms you can buy a guitar exactly. see how it works it's it's a it's a balance there, there it, it can always be worse i know it doesn't sound great for the colts to be ranked 28th in travel but but there are many many worse teams out there we've already mentioned the arizona cardinals charging players for food we've mentioned the washington commanders who are like 32nd and everything uh but there's also the issue of the jacksonville jaguars uh apparently having rats at uh their one team player facility. on the survey said hey get rid of the rats i thought what the rats <laughs> they had like apparently a Three or four week infestation was the word they used. Infe- not not rat, it was rats, rats plural. plural. Yes, and rats, you know, rats never come like solo. They got buds with them. Yep. So it was a three or four week infestation in the locker room. So yeah, that's whenever you think you can do better, there's always somebody who's a heck of a lot worse than you are. I mean, the, the Jaguars. You think they could just bring in a few cats? And yeah, come on. Take care of the rats. Unleash Jackson Deville in the locker room. They'll be taken care of quickly. Jackson Deville, one of the best mascots. It was a in very sports. interesting survey. What does Hancock Health's membership in the Mayo Clinic Care Network mean for you? It means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at hancockregional.org front slash Mayo Clinic. Need new windows? Contact your hometown team today. Hometown Window and Doors are Central Indiana's premier locally owned full-service Anderson window dealer with master installers. From design to installation, the hometown team handles it all. They carry unlimited options with competitive pricing. Call them direct to get 25% off your windows if you call within the next 60 days. Hometown Windows and Doors gives you all the perks of a national brand with a hometown feel. Visit them at hometownwindowteam.com today. Let's get to the NFL Combine. The schedule for workouts and measurements on Thursday this week as we tape this podcast. The defensive line and linebackers are out there uh, for their workouts on Friday, it'll be defensive backs and then special teamers, place kickers. Saturday, quarterback, wide receivers, tight ends will be out on the turf. Sunday, it'll be offensive line and running backs. And then for all of them, just the day before is when they meet the media and talk. So uh, so the defensive line and linebackers went yesterday, defensive backs went today, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we'll get, we to get quarterbacks tomorrow. Exactly. Quarterbacks talk on Friday morning. So uh, you can... Uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. Are you going to be out there, chap? 8 o'clock in the morning. That sounds like you're going to be out there. Yeah, but I, I just... <laughs> I normally I normally like to stay in bed until like 8.30. I got to get yeah. up at like 6 in the morning. Yep. That's like when you can only get up. Yep, exactly. When you have two kids at 1 when I, I had kids, I did this. When I don't have kids, I want to be on my own clock. Right. Know? Like you had that. That was that was a previous time in your life. That's done. A lifetime ago. Exactly. So uh, you can check out yes, online. Yes, I will be there. Yes, good. <laughs> and you can read uh, Chap's work online, fox59.com, cbs4indy.com, as he is there to I wanna, check out I wanna know, the quarterbacks. It, it'll be the first question. It'll be to Bryce Young. What'd you measure? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I can't. I, I've not How s- big are you? I've not seen the, 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 the betting lines maybe Joe has. Over under on six foot. I've seen oh, over. Oh, he's definitely under six feet. The, I've seen one that was more on weight. It was like one hundred ninety six and a half or something. Can you imagine if he checks in at five ten? He probably I, I think he will. will. I think he will. But, but, but then it'll be five ten and like 
three eighths or something. Right, and, and he and he will stretch at three eighths. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, that'll that'll be the dominant theme. Yep. Of his interview tomorrow. Yep. I, I was actually just, well. We'll get into this a little bit as we're talking about quarterbacks. So I'm I'm going to uh, table that discussion for now. But uh, per some reports, uh, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young is not going to throw at the combine. Eden Rappaport uh, had that for the NFL Network. He's going to wait until his pro day to throw and work out. Uh, he's only going to participate in medicals and reviews. But apparently, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis are all going to be out there throwing. And uh, Richardson himself will participate in all the testing, all the drills, and a- as he should, because he's going to test Joe off the charts in all those drills. There, there's nothing bad that can happen for him in those things uh, here in Indianapolis. Yeah, you know, he's going to be a top 10 pick just based on his athleticism and his upside. Um, he's kind of a high risk, high reward, you know, type player. And uh, the Colts maybe take him at four. Be surprised if they traded up for him, but you never know. Who who do you think Joe has the most to lose? Because it sounds like Richardson maybe has the most to gain if he really wows people that much with his. Or you can disagree with me uh, on who has most to gain, but who has the most to lose? You think among that group? I would say maybe Stroud if he went out there and ran like a five in the forty, and because there's already questions about how athletic he is. And so if he goes out there and looks even less athletic than he already is, um, then then and, and shows that maybe he's just a pocket passer, um, which is becoming less and less, you know, popular in the league, then maybe Stroud has the most to lose there. Yeah. Oh, so we'll see. We'll see what they're able to do. Here, here's what I'll say about working out or throwing or not throwing. Uh, Chap, I don't think that throwing at the combine ha- has – uh, is, is that important? So, yeah, I mean, you like to see it as a fan. You want to see those guys well, out there. If you're there. GM, you want to see the competitive side of the game. Exactly. I, that's what I was kind of going to get to. Like, it, it, that's the the one thing that you don't see is uh, like him along with other guys trying to compete against them and be as good as them, be better than them. But but in terms of throwing, you you see plenty at the pro day when he throws with receivers he's used to, and of course you've seen plenty on tape over the last year. If, even if you miss a, th- a few throws at the combine, it's not the biggest deal. Other stuff like medicals and measurements are probably more so, and interviews especially with these players, are more what teams are most interested in here in Indianapolis. Was Is either Steichen or Ballard yesterday? Ballard mentioned like the it factor we talked about. That includes how does that guy, let's say the Colts take Bryce Young at one, I guess any, any of these guys, how does he accept all of a sudden being the face of the franchise? Because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Yes, you got to produce on the field, but there's so much more. You're the spokesman. You're, every week you're out there, every Wednesday, that's where all the media goes when the locker room's open. It's, it just is. And, and how does he handle it? And one of them mentioned they wanted to see how these quarterbacks, maybe how all the players, how they handle the media interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, they're polished. It's been you, – you don't catch these guys off guard. Over the last 10 or 15 years, part of these guys' preparation is they go to – to. I, I think uh, St. Vincent's uh, sports performance had it had or has where they have these guys come in for a month or six weeks, and they put them through all of these drills, including interaction with the media. So you sort of get – you know, a greatly prepared person. Well, shouldn't you? If this is your biggest audition for a job, don't you prepare for it? So they want to see how this guy interacts and does it all because you are going to be the face of the franchise for the next, you hope, 10 years? I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, you hope. You hope 10, 15, hope, 20, 20 10, years 15 for years. out loud. So, but, but that's. That's what, but the interviews with the teams are vitally important. Yes, the, if you had to rank them, medical one is the first. And then the team interviews, how, how do they present themselves? Are, are they just not arrogant, but just confident? And how do they interact with people? And that, that sort of tells you, it gives you the underlying look at who these people are. Joe, it's obvious why we're focusing on quarterback so much, but did, does do you think anything other than quarterback is something you'll be watching for over these next couple of days? Oh, yeah. The Colts on? have a lot more areas of issue than just quarterback. I'll be looking at a corner, especially. I mean, I, I might list that as their number two need because – Receiver. Uh, receiver as well, but um, Gilmore's got one year left. Uh, I assume Kenny Moore's probably going to be cut. We still don't know about Isaiah <laughs> Rogers. The more you look into quarterback and say, who's going to be their good cornerback in two Fashion years? won't be back, you wouldn't no, think. No, no. 
So I, I would say, you know, I've been doing all the mock draft simulator and stuff. I'm taking cornerback in round two a, a lot of times. You're not going to have a second round pick. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Probably not. God for the Probably not. If, if they but. move up, don't they lose number two? That, that, that's what yeah. I mean. It's, yeah. it's cool what you do, but again, however they trade up, they're going to lose some picks. Yeah. Or third, whenever they have a pick. I'll right. be looking at the cornerbacks. It's supposed to be a terrific cornerback class. I've been looking at the defensive ends. Um, even if Dio and um, Quiddy Pay take that step that the Colts hope they do, you need a third guy. Is and, it in, is it in Ngakwe? Would you rather have Ngakwe or go with a third or fourth round pass rusher? And, and we talked a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm not in the camp of resigning Ngakwe for what he's probably going to cost. Yeah, but they, if you can get him for 13 million a year, that's what I saw projected. Two years, 26. I think that's what they got him. No, he came in a trade, but I thought he had one year left at 13 million. We talked, and I, I, I wanted more out of him last year. Yeah. What, do you have nine and a half sacks? And I thought, really? So, But if you don't bring him back, then that goes up your list as, as a main priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll be looking at defensive end. I'll be looking at uh, defensive backs, obviously the wide receivers, because if they don't re-sign Paris Campbell, they're going to need two. I've got Without Paris, I've got two. Yeah, exactly. So um, those will probably be the top three that I'll be keeping an eye on. It's a great tight end draft, but – they took two of them last year. They still have Mo Alley Cox. I don't expect them. Offensive to take line at some point. Offensive line, but this combine for offensive line isn't necessarily you know what they run. Who cares what an offensive lineman ran? Um, so so that'll be my top three: receiver, defensive backs, specifically corner, and then defensive end. Chris Ballard and Shade Steichen spoke with the media at the Combine this week. Most of the talk, understandably, once again, revolved around quarterbacks, so we'll pivot back to quarterback and what they're looking for in a QB to be the face of the franchise, as Chap just alluded to, for the next 10, 15 years. Uh, According to Steichen, looking for accuracy, decision-making, and the ability to create. And that can come in all shapes and sizes. That was the theme. uh, The word size came up in different ways. Yep, a bunch of times. So talking about whether it's a 6'4 guy or a 5'10 guy, they, they, they've said, um, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Here we go. Uh, let's see. More from Steichen. You, you've got to love it. You've got to be obsessed with it. You've got to be the first one in, the last one to leave. Jalen Hurts was there at freaking 6 o'clock, and he'd be there till 930. So that's something that you're looking for, the guy who's dedicated to it. Maybe not a guy you need to put it in the contract to be uh, studying a team facility, but maybe they're just trying to get him to team facilities so that uh, they charge him for for the food there as well. <laughs> so that, that could be the real reason behind uh, all that. Or, or to avoid get there before the rats come out. Yeah, before the rats, exactly. While they're still sleeping, no doubt. That's what it looks like. Back to what Snyder had to say. Rats in the locker room. That's not good. You want to play in this league for a long time and be successful, you've got to have that mindset every single day. Got to give it everything I got. On a six-foot QB excelling, uh, Steichen says, I've seen it done. Drew Brees is a great example. Now, here's the deal. Full stop right now. You're going to go where I'm going to go, so go ahead and leave Full me. stop. There is a difference between 6 foot and 5'10". There is. Two inches. There, exactly. Drew Brees is also about 210 pounds or 215 pounds. Bryce Young is not going to be 200. He's going to be less than 200 when he gets measured tomorrow. There's a 15, 20-pound difference there between those two guys. So, can a six-foot QB be successful? Yes. 5'10"? Kyler Murray's 5'10 right now, but he also runs around as the gingerbread man, as a former Colts defensive line coach, uh, Brian Baker, uh, said. I like that comparison. So he's a lot faster than Bryce Young is, and he's also about 210 pounds himself. So he's a good 15 pounds heavier than Bryce Young's going to be. Boy, like uh, to to compare to compare a guy like Bryce Yager to say, hey, Drew Brees did it. He could be successful. Brees is listed at two ten. Yeah, he's six foot two ten. So like that that's different. That is just different to me. Like you you have to be able to withstand some hits in the NFL, and Bryce Young needs to put on some weight. Maybe he can put on some weight and and add it to his frame just fine. But right now, at less than two hundred pounds and five ten. Like, I just think this is not exactly an apples-to-apples comparison with Drew Brees. I will tell you, putting on weight has gotten a lot easier the older I get. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah, <laughs> when, you, when the scale starts tipping the other way. The, the issue I had yesterday is both Chris Ballard and Steichen both brought up Drew Brees. It's one guy. 
give me give me five guys. Give, give me ten guys that are six foot and under who have done it. I don't want I don't want well we can do it because one guy's done it. I, I, I need a bigger sample size. That's the only problem I've got. And, and again, it, it could happen, and he could play long. I, I was com- coming to the station today. I was listening to Colin Cowherd, and they were jumping all over Tua. I won't mention his last name because I'll, I'll bungle it. But isn't he barely six foot, five eleven? I think he's I don't six know. foot. Yeah. And their issue there is, well, the concussions and can you take the hits and all this. Go back and look at Tua's concussions and they really haven't been from him getting smothered it's from him going down awkwardly and hitting his head on the, on the ground so i understand where how you need to be bigger to, to do the, the the damage or to, to handle the contact i just want people to quit saying well you know it, it can work because of drew Brees. it's one guy <laughs> in a zillion years mm-hmm. give me some more people that that it's worked and I'll feel a bit better about it. Yeah. Well, that's why it's a question, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. why it's still being asked is because the sample size of it working is small. You got Russell Wilson, maybe 5'11". Kyle Who's like Murray. 220. Yeah, he's I mean, a, just he's, say, he's, he's a, he's a husky up. dude. I saw a report that they want him to lose weight so he can get a little faster out there. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, 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 It would be an outlier, but I think it comes down to what we discussed earlier. Does he have it? And if he has it... I'd rather There's no question he's got it. Uh, then I think you draft him. But but you know my mailman can have it, <laughs> but you still have to fit to do the other thing. So th- that's what I think is going to be really dicey with uh, Bryce. And we talked to Daniel Jeremiah, the NFL Network analyst, and he said size will always be a concern with this guy. You know, you, like Steichen told us, we can work on accuracy. And you can you can do things technique wise or footwork or whatever, and, and make a guy a sixty one percent passer, or a sixty five percent or better. You're not going to make this guy bigger. Now you you can put weight on him, you a little can. bit. You can put yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Don't make him. You know, if you make him two ten, then then is he Bryce Young? So, but you just have to. And they talked about it also. Is it was all hypothetical, which they don't like to do. But if you get that guy, then you have to. Build your your offense, knowing that obviously. I mean, you, you, it's not going to change, so you have to do things, move the pocket, and all mm-hmm. this. But if, if this guy plays, any quarterback plays sixty plays in a game, he's going to get hit. Yep. I don't care how great your offensive line is. Jalen Hurts got hit, and he had the best offensive line in football. But he's he's <laughs> built a, a ton better. Yeah, he's six one and two hundred and fifteen or two hundred twenty right. pounds. It can uh, can squat like seven hundred. So 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 again, it's whatever the it factors are with Bryce Young, are they going to be enough to compensate for what he could, he will never improve, and that's his size. You, you got to point out that being six uh, six ten, yeah, that'd be something. Five ten as a quarterback. You've got to see over the offensive line. So, are you going to ch- uh, change your style up as an offense and do more rollouts or half rollouts to get some space away from the offensive line? Does he have to sit deeper in the pocket so he can see Phillip over Rivers the line? Rivers had a lot of balls knocked down, so sometimes yeah. it's not always size, but that is an issue. Yes, there's got to be because I think the, that's the one thing against I can mention too is that Drew Brees was was adept at moving around and finding those windows and alleys to throw to mm-hmm. through. So. But but it's everything that we're talking about. You've got to take into account when you invest the head coach and the, not so much the head coach, but the GM's future. When we when he invests his immediate future in this guy and the franchises next six to ten years. Well, speaking of the GM, then Chris Ballard says of a quarterback he wants, he wants quote one that wins end quote. So Stetson Bennett to Indianapolis. Mark it down right now. Uh, the uh, uh, national champion times well, two. Young and Stroud, who had the great college success in terms of a winner, um, whereas Levis and Richardson, not as much. They're the projects, right? They're You're the guys wrong. you got to project in the future. Well, why don't you like Stetson Bennett, Joe? I mean, he, he won more than those guys. Okay. We, 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 we don't need Come that. on now. Yeah, I know. Hey, you're getting a lot more athletes playing the position, says Ballard. So they're going to come in different shapes, different sizes. Hey, some tall, some short, some athletes, the ability to move, navigate the pocket, escape from the pocket, create plays with your feet. On a six-foot quarterback excelling, Chris Ballard says, there's always exceptions. I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Exceptions or aberrations, that whichever too. word you want to use. Mm-hmm. And who do you believe in? 
Who do you believe you can build an offense around? That is the key point right there, I think. Who do you believe in? Who do you believe you can build an offense around? Because all of these guys bring something special. I'll, I'll bring up C.J. Stroud as an example. From everything I've read about him and these other guys, Stroud has right now the more diverse passing skill set from touch throws to bullet throws to being able to hit multiple parts of the field. If you want an offense that is as multiple as that, maybe he's the best guy for it. Or maybe one of the other guys can learn to be better with deep passes, short passes, touch passes, throwing uh, strong. But, but right now, at least, Stroud has shown the most potential in more areas like that as a passer, Joe. So um, The best pocket passer by far. 20 years yes. ago, Stroud would be the first quarterback taken off the board, no question. Uh-huh. Because all these other guys, the mobile guys, those are the aberrations. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, more quotes. Uh, you fit the offense to what the quarterback can do well. I think that's what Shane and the staff will do. Um, no no real surprises there. Because uh, about- if you don't, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, exactly. go back to Tom Moore where he said it's players. It's players. And if you try to make it your scheme or your offense and make that player fit, it's tailor-made to fail. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, so you, you take the guy like that, and and then you try to try to work toward his strengths, uh, because all these guys have strengths, and it's a matter of bringing out the best of those strengths, mitigating the weaknesses, uh, minimizing the weaknesses, and then uh, seeing if you could build for a couple years. I, it'd, it'd be nice to have a head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach in line for a couple years. I know success breeds options for these guys. But it sure would be nice for the first couple of years of a young quarterback's career chap to have a little bit of stability in that area. That's why I'm wondering when, when you look at, like, they've all got strengths, weaknesses, and all these limitations. I don't know, Joe, if, if, if you're the Colts, are you in position to take Anthony Richardson when maybe it's going to be three or four years? Can you, can you wait that long to develop a quarterback? It maybe it doesn't take him that long. Maybe it's, I don't know, into the second year, but don't you want somebody that's going to be further along that it's not going to take more time to get him NFL ready? To a certain degree. I mean, I think you also believe in your staff and if, if they can work somebody and get them ready within a year or two. Because that's something else Chris Ballard talked about. It's like these guys got two, maybe three years, and then they're labeled a bust or not, and teams move on. Um, especially if you're that bad and there's someone else in the draft there. I mean, well, all think, the think of the Jets. They've taken two top five guys. Jacksonville. That's why they're. That's why Cardinals took Car- Kyler Murray the year after they took Josh Rosen top ten. Um, so you can't, you can't miss on that guy. It's and just, if you do, you got to keep taking new ones. Which is why you can't miss on that guy. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to keep chase, chasing mistakes at left tackle or, or edge pass rusher. Boy, when you do it at quarterback, because as we've talked about, the problem is, like with the Jets or Jacksonville, you waste two or three years of your roster to find out that that wasn't the guy. And then you got to reload again. And if you reload again, you've got to make – you're hoping that – well, you probably have a high draft pick because you missed on that guy. But then are there quarterbacks available? So it's it's, it's just so detrimental. I mean, yeah. it, it's Mr. Obvious. But t- to miss on a quarterback sets you back so far. Well, the, the safest guy in the draft is Stroud just because he's the easiest to project. He has the size. Um, he's the best passer we've already mentioned. I don't think that's necessarily a question um, in terms of accuracy. He's got a strong arm. He doesn't have the you know, cannon for an arm that Richardson or Levis have, but it's str- plenty strong enough. Um, so if they want to play it safe, you go with Stroud, but then you run the risk of in a few years, and it's a good problem to have, but in a few years when all these, you know, Daniel Jones wants 40-plus million dollars, he's probably going to get it then you're stuck in a situation where you're hampering your team by paying a quarterback that high-end money when they're not capable of completely carrying you like Mahomes And you're not totally confident they can, but you don't like your other options. Yeah, so you're stuck with a Kirk Cousins, uh, a Carr, a a Goff, someone in that nature. And they're good quarterbacks, but the amount you have to pay them kind of sets you back. 
Need new windows? Let the hometown team help. Hometown Windows and Doors is Central Indiana's premier locally owned full service Anderson dealer with master installers. From design to installation, we handle it all, carrying nationally known brands like Anderson with more options and competitive pricing. Call us direct and get 25% off your windows if you buy within the next 60 days. Please contact your hometown team today. We are Central Indiana's premier locally owned full service Anderson dealer. National brand, hometown feel. The story of Hancock Health is all about you and everything you need to live your healthiest life. Like Hancock Regional, one of the nation's safest hospitals and an independent health network with over 70 doctors at more than 30 locations around East Central Indiana. We're growing and evolving to help further your story. And we're just getting started. See all the ways Hancock Health and you can work together to make health possible at HancockHealth.org. So we've talked about this, uh, whether the Colts need to draft uh, their QB uh, number one, number two, if they could trade up for that pick. Obviously, there's so many factors that, goes it, that go into that trading up. Is uh, Do you have a dance partner? And it appears the Chicago Bears are interested, which is nice. But then uh, can you beat out the other dance partners? Because there's a lot of other teams, whether it's the Houston Texans at two, uh, Seattle Seahawks at five, L.A. Raiders, L.A., uh, Vegas Raiders at seven, uh, Carolina Panthers at nine, and maybe another dark horse team up there that, that wants to trade up uh, to a number one pick or into the top five to, to get their guy of the future or into the top ten uh, to take their guy. So um, do the Colts need to trade up uh, to number one to draft their QB? Chris Ballard says there's got to be a guy worthy of it. Everybody is just automatically stamped that you've got to move up to one to get it right, and I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if that's the right course of business. If when we meet as a staff and we say, okay, this is what we need to do, this is the guy for the next 10 to 15 years, and we think he's the right guy, sure, we'll do it. But who's to say we won't get one at four? So that was uh, get one. They can get one at four. Exactly. You can get somebody at four because there are four quarterbacks that we've kind of been talking about here. Do Just the math. Do the math. <laughs> the right one. The right guy. And, and we, we go back to, to, the, to the Josh Allen quarterback year. Like Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and then at the end of the first round, the bitter end there was Lamar Jackson. So the, the top four there were the, the four guys that were kind of like very much like this year, four quarterbacks that you're debating. Who do you like up there? One of those four, one, was successful. Just one. 25%, right? Yep. And it was the one that everybody had the most questions about. It was Josh Allen that everybody was like, he played at Wyoming. He, hadn't, he didn't play anybody. He's inaccurate. He's wild. Uh, he has all these raw tools, but he has no, no, nothing. And like I've said on this show, that from, from what I, I've heard before, the Buffalo just coached the stupid out of him. And so, so that's why I always go, come back to you need the right coaching in, 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 in his first couple years of his career in order to be successful. That's going to be the case for the Colts. You can, you can draft, quote, the right guy and have the wrong coaching, and that's not going to be very good for you either. And Josh Allen has it. He works his butt yep. off every day. His no teammates doubt. love him. The communities love him. He's a great leader. So um, not only great coaching, but the, the type of person to take that coaching and um, apply it to his game. Yep, and that's what you're trying to find out this week at the Combine a little bit. That's what the, the, the two, and I tweeted earlier today, the, the two things that I came away with that, in my mind, it's all that matters, whatever they say, is – if they move up to their, if if they believe one or two of these guys is the guy, because let's not forget that there, there's every chance Houston goes to one. I don't care what the GM says, and you have to go trade to the Bears at two. But if you've got two guys that you think they can be the guy, you do it. And if you if you're not convinced of that, you stay where you are. You you just can't. You don't do it like you said. You don't do it just to satisfy everybody. But rest assured that. When the time comes in the next month and they announce there's a trade with the Bears, it's because their evaluation says one of these guys is good enough. And there's always risk involved. There is. but And if they don't, it's because, doggone it, they don't think these guys are special. And if he's not special, you don't give up what it's going to take to move up to two or three spots. What would it take to trade up? Chris Ballard says, quote, that we were just convicted that this is – that this is no freaking doubt, the guy. Believe him. End quote. Yep. Believe him. I mean, he's giving you a lot of smoke and all this stuff, but believe that. Yep. I agree. Some reports involving uh, the teams uh, that are interested or have the top draft pick. Chicago Bears GM Ryan Poles 
uh, did say the Bears plan to stick with Justin Fields as quarterback and that the number one pick is for sale. Boom. So there you go. It's out there. They are ready to go. They're there's there's, ready a, to there's a light shining. Yep. Uh, they, he also mentioned that they don't want to trade too back, too far back, that they miss out on an elite graded player. How far is too far back, Joe? Mm, I would say maybe who drafts six? Uh, Detroit, I would say maybe seven. That's where the Raiders are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all depends on how many quarterbacks go because you could trade back to seven if four quarterbacks go ahead of you and you're the Bears, you're still going to get one of those top three or four mm-hmm. uh, players. Um, Carter, the Georgia D tackle, was arrested recently. So, how does that impact their. Seriously, that is that's huge. Because as a player, he fits that Matt Eberflus defense perfectly. He could come in and be their Buckner. He might be the best player in the whole draft. He is a stud. But uh, if that scares them off, maybe they just trade back and get one of the many talented defensive ends. Yeah, what you had to decide, was that a young man making a dumb mistake if, mm-hmm. if what was reported is true? Or is it a, is it kind of who he is? Well, I had heard, you know, obviously I'm just hearing reporting from yeah. people like Todd McShay and whatnot, but that there were character concerns before the arrest, and then this comes in and compounds that. So how much buyer of that be, is, Buyer beware. Yeah. Yep. Big time. And do you want to invest a number two overall pick, number four overall pick uh, on a guy like that? Boy. When there's a lot of other talented defensive yep. linemen in this draft. When it's already a risky you know, process of, mm-hmm. of drafting guys. Yeah. And then like we're you, saying, it's 50-50 anyway. And, and then you've got red flags. Yeah. And then you do it anyway. Then, then you know, don't say, hey, we didn't see that coming. Yeah, well, we had it, no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You're and on you, the hot stove now. Right. Yeah. Um, Houston general manager, Nick. Oh, wait a second. I skipped a little bit. I, let's see. Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, says that there is a scenario that benefits Chicago to trade down before free agency. Oh, good. So that would be in the next like two please, weeks. Please Whoa. do. Yeah. And, and we were just talking about that. The Colts trade with the Jets a couple years ago was March 17th. So that was a couple days into free agency uh, that they were able to swing that deal and move down from three to six. And uh, the Jets took Sam Darnold. The Colts took Quentin Nelson. Certainly worked out better for one of those two teams than the other. And to do it early like that, it gives like in that case, it gave the Colts. You, you didn't know who you were gonna. You didn't know you were gonna get. You knew Nelson. you were gonna get Quentin Nelson, uh-huh. but you didn't know you were gonna get was it Braden Smith and and Shaq, right, and a few other guys. Mm-hmm. But it gives you some idea of where you maybe need to go in free agency because, you know, you, maybe you don't have a lot of draft capital. So I'd love to see it done early. The Bears would just because it gives them better direction in, again, free agency. Yeah, especially if players are involved in that trade for the first pick. I mean, we don't have to talk about if we would do it for it's worth it, but if DeForest Buckner gets sent to Chicago. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Kenny Moore. Yep, both of those guys could really give you some shed some light. Don't trade Jonathan Taylor. I've seen that. Let's not do that. Yeah. Houston general manager Nick Casario has said the team is focused on drafting at current picks and not worrying about what teams are trading up ahead of them. Yes. Rumors reports that the Texans may not want to give up draft picks to trade up. They're more focused on building their team. They they do need to build a team. Let, let's How many be draft direct picks about do they that. Have? I don't know. But they have, they have eleven. Well, they have at least the first and the twelfth there that um, that are uh, possible. You can have too many. I'm sorry, Chris Ballard. You can <coughs> have you can have too many draft picks. That's a lot. Yeah. You can. Well, I saw. Reports and obviously, that doesn't mean the Houston Texans won't trade up to number one. But with D'Amico Ryan's coming from San Francisco, where they just went to the championship game with a seventh round rookie, maybe he says, I want to build a good defense, a good team, a good offensive line. And all these quarterbacks are talented enough to win with, mm-hmm. and they're going to get at least their second favorite quarterback. Maybe they sign Jimmy G. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they sign Jimmy G, drafts Richardson at two and then uh, use the rest of their picks to build a good team around them. I think there's some... There could be truth to this. There could be some truth. Like I said, you could go to the combine and tell the truth and no one would believe you. Exactly. Like me. Yeah. So right here, Casario could be telling the truth while I'm like, oh, really? Really? And if he is, that helps the Colts because that's one less bidder to drive up the price. Yep, there you go. And it it pushes a quarterback down if they don't take it, if they take... Another position. Arizona Cardinals GM uh, Monty Ford has said that the Cardinals are open to trading that third overall pick as well, and that could also have to do with Jalen Carter being uh, not as uh, appealing today as he was two days ago. Well, that's another reason for the Colts to trade up to one because they might get their third favorite quarterback. Yep, no doubt. Um, and Seattle head coach Pete Carroll said the Seahawks would definitely still consider taking a QB high even if they signed, uh, re-signed Geno Smith. Seattle has the 5th and 20th overall pick. So if they love somebody, they could trade up. I don't know if they would do that. We would have to see. 
at the end of the day. But maybe at five, they would consider Anthony Richardson there, parking behind Geno Smith for a couple of years. Or what it also does is if you're the Raiders at seven or Carolina at nine, maybe you feel like you need to get ahead of the Seahawks. Right. And then the Colts are at four, so you would have to then also get ahead of the Colts and go up to three. I think the Cardinals are going to trade that third pick to maybe the Raiders or the Panthers, somebody like that. Which is why if the Colts have two guys that they just love, that they think, yeah, we either one would prefer this guy, but we can, I don't say settle on this guy, then you've got to go to two. Because if you don't, somebody else will. To stay at four is no no real good option. And, And being at three doesn't necessarily solve it either. No. No, I, the more you talk about it, the more you're like, they're probably going to have to go to one. If if things are going to go well for the Colts, they have to go to one because if they don't feel strongly about any of these quarterbacks, that's not a good sign either. It means you get to right. stay at four and you don't have to give up your draft picks, but it means you don't feel great about who you're drafting at four. Maybe mm-hmm. you get lucky and it works out. Um, but That's true. A, a, a no, no trade is not a good sign unless you say you've – say all the four of these guys are really, really good and they're on the same line, which probably is not true. I, I can't believe that that's the case. No. I, I can't believe that nope. they think that all four of these guys are on the same level. They're going to go into the minutia like crazy on all these guys. There's going to be a determination in that room right. about who they want or between two guys that they want. All I, four I, I bet it not. comes down to two guys yeah. that... that I don't say we can live, but we think this guy can take us where we got to go. Yes. There's not. A, there's very little chance that they say, yeah, all four of these guys can do it. Yes. That's not realistic. So, can you live with a quarterback who puts mayonnaise in his coffee with Will Levis? I don't know. That's a question. Maybe I'll have to try it first. I'm not going to try I'm it. I'm not going to try it. <laughs> so, so, so you tell me, Joe, whether uh, whether it is. So you try it first and uh, let us know. Come back and report it here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. You can post to it on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. And... Uh, and I will not be partaking. I drink black coffee anyway, so just so just the thought I, of no, I'm cream and sugar, but I can't uh, mayonnaise. No, yeah, okay. I don't put mayonnaise I've heard of butter in coffee, and that doesn't sound too wild to me. You just put maple syrup on ice cream. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, nothing wrong that, with that. That sounds delicious. It does. Delectable, even. Anyway, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. <laughs> hey, uh, that's the uh, NFL Combine edition of this Colts Blue Zone podcast. I assume when we uh, resume things next week, Joe, we're going to get back into kind of position by position as we go toward a free agency. Well, we next free week we'll probably out. have Combine wrap Recap. up talking about yeah. and then uh, it will be free agency, free agency preview. Yeah. We'll preview free agency. Shoot, man. It, it Boy, comes up coming. like that. Boom. It's uh, March 15th. Yep. Yeah. And a few days. And it's stuff's going on now. Yep. Yeah. You, know, you got the legal tampering and you got the illegal tampering going on now. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Hopefully, mostly the legal tampering. So some exciting there. topics. We'll have combine numbers. We'll mm-hmm. get to predict free agents, uh, kind of talk about who might fit with the Colts. The Colts probably need to cut Matt Ryan soon. Uh, we, we, what, asked, we asked Chris Ballard that. He says, well, we're going to get the, you know, we'll look into that or we're still talking about that. No, they're not. No, they're not. Franchise they, talked. tag deadlines coming up. I don't think the Colts will do it, but maybe it takes a free agent or two. They might have been interested well, maybe, in off the market. Maybe Baltimore just does a regular franchise on Lamar Jackson, and the uh-huh. Colts offer two first-round picks and there you go, a quarter of a or a, yeah, a quarter, quarter of a billion dollars, quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed. There you go for him. Or oh. one of the other quarterback needy teams does it, and that's one less team to trade with Chicago. If, if oh. he gets if if he gets the regular franchise tag. Somebody will do it, won't they? I gotta think they would. Atlanta, I, I, somebody will. Yeah, they they were all in for uh, Watson, Watson until until year, it became yeah. all guaranteed. Right. I think I I would rather have Baltimore can't do that. No, no, can't do it. Of course, so. since since how much time we got? Are we? Are we're, we? We're we're wrapping things up. That's okay. okay. But but Baltimore is is the perfect example of where you finally get your guy. There's no question he's your guy. He's a top, easily top ten, top. I, w- I wouldn't say five. I just wouldn't. But an NFL MVP, so no with question. that type of cal- no question. Uh, potential, rather. And, and you're caught to whether you want to pay. Now, part of the problem is the guaranteed part of the contract that they just don't want to do. Yep. But boy, when you got the guy, you do just about whatever it takes to keep him. You just do. And that, that's where you, you, you kind of hope that in five years the Colts are talking about, boy, we've got to re-sign 
you know, whoever we took number one, and it's going to cost. Can you imagine in five years what the quarterback market's going to be? Let's cross that bridge when we 50 come to it. Fifty or sixty million a year. Oh yeah, easily. If if you're gawking at Daniel Jones for forty million right now, <laughs> Giants fans, I'm sorry. That that's the price right now for a quarterback. I don't envy the Giants right now because they got to figure out a way to pay a running back in Saquon and Daniel Jones, who had one and okay you, you, season. And you want and Saquon's the far better player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No doubt about it. All right, that'll wrap things up for us here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. We do appreciate you listening. Please download, subscribe, get us delivered your podcast listening device as soon as we drop every week. Next week, we'll, I think, be back to our Wednesday schedule as we were pushed back a day this week because Chap says no, not next week. Can't do it. No, can't do Wednesday. Okay, maybe we'll be doing Thursday again next week. Never mind. Uh, But uh, once again, uh, thanks for your patronage. We'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Mm